We know there's a lot going on right now, so we're not going to fault anyone for completely forgetting that the GOP debates are still happening. Oh yeah, there was a, another one. Yeah, it's really snuck up on us. They got Vivek and Chris Christie still on, and Nikki and all the other people who are never going to be president. Uh huh. It's it's hard to pay much attention for the simple reason that. No one on this stage has a chance at clinching the party's nomination so long as Donald Trump is not in jail or, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it's it's the junior varsity championship. Yeah, nevertheless, they persisted. And on Thursday night in Miami, the newly shrunken field consisting of former Governor Chris Christie, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, weird little guy Vivek Ramaswamy, and Senator Tim Scott, who... Uh, debuted his new and very real girlfriend. Let's just say he's not a virgin anymore. They all hit the stage to argue amongst themselves, torpedo each other's political ambitions, and provide plenty of footage for widespread mockery. Yeah, they really, it, I find it so amusing that they are really just, the claws are out, and for what? No reason. For what? Why are we doing this I whole am charade? So happy to just stand back and watch them fight. Yeah, no, it's uh, I am. I've got the bubbler. I'm taking a knee, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. Uh huh. So not only was it a complete mess that failed to move the needle for any of the presumptive candidates, it was also one of the least viewed debates in the entire election cycle, drawing in less than seven million viewers, despite premiering on a major network right in the heart of primetime viewing. They they should have put it on Twitter. It would have gotten billions of Oh views. my God, Linda is fuming that this wasn't, it, that, yeah. it goes to show that if you put it on Twitter, we can make up a number that makes you very impressive. Mm -hmm. 800 billion people watched it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hot dog. They were tuning in from different galaxies. She's so gonna be going, oh, hot dog. Look at these, look yeah. these numbers. So yeah, the debate itself featured the type of discussion you would expect at this point in time, specifically when referencing the Israel-Hamas war where the candidates were falling over themselves to see whose support of Israel was the strongest, mm -hmm. leading to quotes that came off as downright bloodthirsty when you consider the amount of destruction that has already befallen the citizens of Palestine. Now, this is something I think not enough people understand. It's been a month. It's been one month, and the amount of like bombs dropped and lives lost is comparable to like years in other modern conflicts. Yeah. But it's not bloodthirsty enough. No. But anyway, here's NPR's coverage of the debate. Ask what they would tell Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the candidates largely echoed each other. DeSantis said he would tell him to finish the job with Hamas. What does that mean? Ramazwami said he would advise the Israeli leader to smoke those terrorists on his southern border, and I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. It's not their southern border, though. It's I, I'm, the, Egypt is on the, the southern border. Mm -hmm. Well, he just, uh, he had to make the quote work so that yeah, he could say that he wants to kill Mexicans. I'm saying it's, it doesn't work, Vivek. Yeah. You're, mm -hmm. he's lost the sauce. Yeah. Well, later in the debate, the uh, issue of abortion came up. Yay, which, a winning topic for these people. It continues to be <laughs> not that, it continues to be a obviously losing argument for Republicans. Uh, just this week, conservatives were shocked once again by the fact that Americans overwhelmingly support access to female reproductive care. It, it's actually increased. I saw like, I, th I don't know if it was like exit polling or national polling, but like recent polling, it's like, it's like 90% of Americans are, are either- You don't know what you had till it's gone. Either fully supported or are just like, whatever, who yeah. cares? Uh -huh. It's only a tiny sliver of the population that gives a fuck about this shit. 
and they are betting everything on that. Uh -huh. It's it's amazing. Here's from the Associated Press reporting on the elections in Ohio from this past Tuesday. After Ohio voters on Tuesday approved a constitutional amendment protecting the right to abortion and other forms of reproductive health care, advocates on both sides of the issue are looking at how they can get support on 2024 ballots in at least a dozen states. Since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision that had protected abortion rights nationally, voters in all seven states that held a statewide vote have backed access. That includes Ohio, where voters Tuesday enshrined abortion access in the state's constitution. No getting around it. Republicans were once again disappointed last night. Big weed and big abortion, one in Ohio. Well, you know, those pinko liberals over in Ohio. Ohio. Mm. It is interesting. Ohio did used to be a, what is called a bellwether state. It was uh, a pretty, you know, centrist, reliably, it could go either way. Something happened there in the last, like, 15, 20 years, though. Uh, yeah. So, well, yeah, it, it, but, yeah, it, nevertheless, they hate Joe Biden there. Yeah. But they still aren't down with this whole anti-abortion thing. Uh, we'll get to it in just Learn a from the, actually, don't. Don't learn a thing, please. Just in a second, we'll talk about how Vivek Ramaswamy, who's from Ohio, was very ashamed of his state for doing this. He's from Ohio? Yeah. He does give off Ohio vibes. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. He, he, he's definitely an Ohio guy. Me, me personally, I love all of our Ohio viewers. Yeah, I got a lot of friends from Ohio. It is, Ohio's an interesting state. It's just sort of there, but they-, they Well, they, it's always referred to as the Florida of the North, so. Yeah, but Ohioans, more than a lot of other uh, states that aren't really notable for anything in particular, they, they spread across the country. They, 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 they're born to Rome, in a mm. way. I, I know That's a lot of That's where the Rock and Roll Museum is. Right. They got those Bengals. Uh-huh. They got the, the, the Browns and, of course, uh, everybody's favorite Cleveland Guardians baseball team. That's right. I'm not going to talk too much shit. Columbus, lovely city. Yeah. Um, and Cleveland, pretty Cleveland good. Rocks, pretty good. They say. Don't sleep on Cleveland. Everybody loves it. Anyway, back to the... The debate. The debate featuring Ohio man Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm -hmm. Here's how uh, it was handled when the topic of abortion came up during Wednesday night's debate, keeping in mind that reducing access to abortion is an overwhelmingly bad position to run on, clearly. Once again from NPR, Ramaswamy said he was upset about his home state, Ohio's, vote to add a reproductive rights amendment to the state constitution and called for a greater emphasis on sexual responsibility for men through paternity testing. Mm. Okay, interesting. All right, he's, he's coming up with new ones, I guess. Yeah. Haley repeated a line she had used on the campaign trail, describing herself as pro-life while adding, I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice. She praised the overturning of Roe v. Wade and said the issue should no longer divide the country. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Can we just stop talking they, about this? They, yeah, they, they looked at the polling and they're like, ah, shit. Can we all just agree to disagree? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Christie, like Haley, emphasized the role of state legislatures in a post-Roe environment in deciding abortion policy. I trust the people of this country, state by state, to make this call for themselves, Christie said, adding that he finds his home state of New Jersey's liberal abortion laws reprehensible. Of all five candidates on stage, Scott has arguably made the most direct pitch to religious conservatives, emphasizing his Christian beliefs and opposition to abortion. With former Vice President Mike Pence's departure from the race last month, Scott appeared to pick up where Pence had left off, calling for a national 15-week abortion ban, and also maybe suggesting 
Just stop. Everyone should. We should make sex illegal until yeah. you're until you're 45 years old. Uh, he is 58. Yeah. Well, apparently, we. It, it's unconfirmed whether he lost his V card to this current girlfriend. Because I think previously he claimed that he had lost it before. Yeah, but, but it, only after being pressed about it multiple times. Yeah. So. Uh, and he, but yeah, no abortions for uh, Tim Scott, and you know why? Because uh, he kept it in his pants, fellas. <laughs> he also. Uh, debuted this new girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Only after, I guess, a bunch of the people funding his campaign were like, hey, buddy, you, you gotta you gotta prove to us that you're not gay. Yeah. It is really interesting. Like, and I, he might, he might just be asexual. Yeah. Like, that is be. a thing. Um, he might just not be into women or men. But, yeah, that's another thing. I chose that, instead to focus on politics. My that, number one love. That's another thing that, like, it's, Asexuality is just the most inoffensive yeah. sexual orientation possible. It's the complete lack of a sexual orientation. But to the people he's trying to impress, that would just come off as so fucking weird. Yes. Well, he has a new girlfriend. She... And she lives in this country, <laughs> yeah. not Canada. But again, it's wild to see them attempt to tackle a topic that is so ingrained in Republican politics, while in some cases, talking out of both sides of their mouths because they... They've all seen the results. Yeah. When abortion is on the ballot. It's not good. No, no. They they literally have to get it out there for their more extreme constituents. Yeah. But at the same time be like, I don't know, I guess leave it up to the states. And then Tim Scott's like, no, actually. Yeah. 15-week ban. So Tim Scott, who is powered entirely by Christian faith. Yeah. He's bathed in Christ's blood. Yes. And will ban abortions, whether you like it or not. Uh, Tim Scott, we are all out here eating crow because, yeah, he does have a girlfriend. Uh-huh. At least for this election cycle. And she came all the way from the other school to make her debut on stage with him during an interaction that can only be described as weird, a little bit weird or forced. We don't want to dwell too much on this because maybe maybe they really are in love. Yeah. Maybe he was just waiting for the one. Who the hell knows? But the situation reeks of Scott summoning a woman to be his pretend partner so that everyone stops asking if he's a 58 year old virgin. Uh, but look at this happy couple. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's real love right there. This is sort of like uh, on the Democrat side, we've got we've got Cory Booker. Yeah. Uh, remember when he dated? He's uh, like, hey, actually, I brought my girlfriend, Hollywood actress Rosario Dawson. You might know her from this new Star Wars show. She's and, actually uh, my girlfriend. Yeah. People are like, huh? Oh, okay. And then they broke up uh, after she was like. She's like, I'm, I'm voting for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was another one where it's like, I don't know if there's like any actual like dating history for him like at all. He might be gay. He might just be not but, into yeah, anything. Literally, who cares? Who knows? Who cares? Yeah. But yeah, that's just like, oh, by the way, I'm dating a famous actress. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and also just like the way he would describe his relationship with her because it was getting a lot of news attention, obviously. But like the way he would talk about it was just like very like guy who doesn't actually have a girlfriend. Uh, that's the, that's it, how it I read very this. very strange. That's how I read their <laughs> appearance on stage because it's like, really, especially if it's a new relationship, she doesn't really have any reason to go up on stage. Yeah, no, it's... it's even if they've been dating for a couple months, it's there's like... There's no reason. Hey, do you want to come up on the stage of the Republican national debate? It's, it, it's just a little odd. It's, yeah. Uh -huh. It's a bit weird. Yeah. But, you know, he silenced the critics. Yeah. He is getting laid. Yeah, he's getting. He his... has walked out of the goon cave. That's... with a 
big old sack full of cum. Oh man. Trying to get us demonetized so I can beg for memberships. Oh, good call. Uh, click the join button. Yeah, we yeah. need your money. <sighs> anyway, the rest of the highlights, if you want to call them that from the debate, uh, came from Vivek Ramaswamy, who is really positioning himself as the king freak amongst the field of all freaks. Yeah. Uh, just watch this first clip from early on in the debate and try not to cringe yourself into a knot. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. I mean, fuck it, throw in Jordan Peterson too. Anyway, later on in the debate, uh, Ramaswamy would claim that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is a Nazi. It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky, doing it in their own ranks. That is not democratic. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this, this is what you can count on Vivek for. Like, a lot of takes going around, but he always comes out with uh, very much his own take. So, uh, uh, a spokeswoman for Ramaswamy's campaign would later clarify to the New York Times that Vivek didn't mean what he said with the uh, whole Nazi thing, uh, Zelensky. Uh, everyone just heard it incorrectly because, uh, well, he was talking quickly and he kind of oscillated his words. What was he trying to say? Uh, whatever, I'll accept this. According to the spokeswoman, he was trying to make a, a, a joking reference to the incident that happened in Canada where they praised a former Nazi. Uh, oh. But it didn't come out that way at all. He would just, he must have like just deleted part of that statement in his head and it just came out as Zelensky is a Nazi. All right. Anyways, Vivek would then go on to attack Nikki Haley, dragging her family into the debate to mock this her is fucking wild. over his <laughs> adoption of TikTok. As you'll recall, Vivek embraced TikTok only after a meeting of the minds between him and Logan Paul. Forehead to forehead. Uh-huh. And they just smashed their heads together <laughs> until they came up with this brilliant idea. The attack resulted in loud boos from the crowd and Haley calling Ramaswamy scum. Here you go. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. Your adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer. Damn, she fucking hates him. Yeah, <laughs> they hate each other. This is must-see TV. More, why are more people watching this? Uh, anyways, as a nice bonus for the event, we got to see Governor Ron Puddenfingers DeSantis actually waddle his way across that stage. Not beating the allegations. No, clearly encumbered by his choice of footwear, which are almost certainly hiding lifts it, and making him walk around like he's on his tippy toes. His heels are halfway up the shins of those boots. He's also never going to beat the lizard person accusations because his bizarre facial tics were once again on full display. And this is, this is a tick... The exact same tick that he yeah. did before in a previous debate at the exact in the exact same context, but somehow even worse than before. It's almost like a. Uh, this would be a great way to excuse it. Is like it's some OCD yeah. thing that he has to do. Like he's just like, I'm sorry, it's a tick that I have. Yeah, and then be done with it. Just do what Joe Biden said. Like anytime I sound like a fucking like demented old man, it's actually because. Because I have uh, Tourette's, so it's yeah. kind of fucked up and ableist of you to uh, to be talking about yeah, that. Throw back in their face. 
But let's see what the voters thought of this absolutely chaotic clown show. Unlike the Democrats, the topics were sane, reasonable, and had reasonable consideration. Second row? Not really a debate, more of just a stru structured discussion. GOP stands in solidarity and support of Israel. A much more civil debate tonight. Sure. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of the GOP, let's check in on its current frontrunner, both in presidential nomination polls and in felony charges. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump. You can do it, baby. I love you so much. Magic and just bad news. Bad things are happening. Uh, uh, Mom, I'm sorry. Uh. We already covered his appearance during the Trump Organization fraud trial in New York City, but he's back on the campaign trail and he's bringing out the big guns to continue drumming up support from voters in key states. The most recent celebrity sighting is a real doozy because, um, hey, TV's Roseanne <laughs> took the stage in support of Trump this week. I, I always loved that Roseanne show. Uh, Let's check in and see what Roseanne's doing. What's she up to these days? Mm. We want Trump! the Magador to kill that goddamn bull! And the bullshit, kill that goddamn bull! It, it, yeah, it's, it's something. Um, but yeah, let's switch gears now away from the debates and over to some weird sex shit. And apologies to my aunt who watches this show and has seen us talk about piss milkshakes, cum water, and countless other unsavory news items over the past week. Sorry, auntie. But this is America and there's always some bizarre shit going down. And uh, at least there's some good news in here because a very bad website is finally done with. Oh, good. Uh, but the first bit of news has, yeah, a lot of rich and powerful people very worried right now which has apparently resulted in those people turning to escort forums to post their way through the panic attacks and ask for legal advice because the feds have busted a high-end brothel network. And that's funny because if they would just legalize and regulate sex work, they wouldn't have to worry about their favorite brothel networks getting shut down. Hours after federal prosecutors busted a high-end brothel network, one that allegedly serviced politicians, pharmaceutical executives, military officers, and other high-profile clientele around Virginia and Boston. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Online forums for escort services erupted into chaos. Are we at risk? <laughs> one, per one user wrote in a thread related to one of the brothels located in Boston. Users on the forum on which people rate their experience using escort services quickly noticed this week that the alleged brothel's website had been taken down. What precautions should we take? Do they intend to go after clients? The language on the news and the documents shared seem unclear on that. I'm very worried and scared right now, one user said. The Justice Department announced charges Wednesday against three defendants accused of operating a sophisticated brothel network in the Boston area and in Eastern Virginia. I like how much they keep repeating, like, no, when I say the word brothel, you're probably thinking, ew, gross. No, this one was pretty classy. This was sophisticated. This was a fancy brothel, just so we're clear. Mm -hmm. Everyone going to this brothel, they wore suits. Pretty cool, influential people, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, the reporting continues. The mood was similar in a subreddit for escort clients. I'm really worried, wrote one user. I've gone to them several times. They are a well-reviewed place with a USA sex guide thread with thousands of posts. I thought seeing well-reviewed places would protect me from this. Users also warned each other to stay mum if they were approached by law enforcement. As has been said several times already, if the cops show up asking questions, shut the fuck up 
and lawyer up. Always good advice. Someone wrote in the Boston Top 10 forum. Apparently this is, relates to the sophisticated network is this Boston Top Boston 10 Boston Top 10. Others wrote that rather than legal peril, they believe those facing the biggest risks related to the sex trafficking bust are public-facing clients who could be embarrassed if their names get out. Another user noted the amount of information about clients that Boston Top 10 requested, including a selfie while holding a driver's license up to one's face, a photograph of the potential client's ID showing the name and date of birth, and a, quote, work email verification. Okay, this one's on you, buddy. <laughs> this sounds, I'm not saying it is or was, but this sounds like a honey trap. Uh... Yeah, I mean... I get, like, if it's like a, as they say, high-end, sophisticated brothel network, like, uh, this could be explained away by them protecting the safety of their sex workers. Yeah. But I'm, it's also very strange that, like, a very high-profile person would be like, yeah, here I am. I mean, I have heard my my limited understanding of uh this the world of sex work i have heard that uh the more higher end ones they do they do ask for id verification because they have like secret online networks where they actually cross reference and yeah. see if the names have been reported by anyone else yeah. as like abusive That's dangerous what I'm saying. Like, stuff like that it makes sense for the safety of the sex workers yeah but it's also just like i don't know what the work email is about though that is uh that, bizarre that one i i can't explain Sorry, we only, uh, our girls only after guys that have the .gov uh, email address. So, yeah, I mean, this, is, this news is all just coming out now. So it could be interesting to see if any politicians were involved, because it does seem like if that might be If there are, the I think they'll just make the, the client list go away. Mm -hmm. That's there was that DC madam that got uh, exposed years ago. Yeah, that, that was like another case during like the war on terror that just sort of like, there was too much other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Really fascinating kind of fucked up case, though. Yeah. The the DC madam, she killed herself. Wow. Supposedly. But <laughs> who uh, knows? Just to reiterate to the politicians who participate in this, just legalize and regulate sex work so that people aren't being exploited or abused. Yeah, it's not easy. There's no surefire way. But no. it is the world's oldest profession. It's going to happen. Regardless, might as well make it um, safe. And we've, as we've seen in a few other countries, uh, there's ways to do it in a way that's uh, much better for everyone else involved. It's mm -hmm. not foolproof, but it's better. Yeah. But in other weird sex news, something that should have been done a long time ago has finally been handled, as Omegle has been permanently shut down after years of being a safe haven for pedos. Is Omegle? Uh, that's the one. Wasn't there? There was like another website. Before Omega, chat roulette. Yeah, is it isn't like the same thing? Yeah, pretty much. It's just it link, it, your webcam is on, and it yeah. just links you instantaneously with other people that have their webcams. I never used either of those, but from what I heard, it was like every second or third person just had like their dick out or yep. their asshole spread wide open, or yeah, the, the website. Like it's, it's definitely a relic of the old internet, and we were kind of surprised that it lasted this long, especially since the sl the site's slogan tells you everything you need to know. Omegle, talk to strangers. Uh, your parents specifically told you not to do that. Don't do that. For the somehow uninitiated, we just went over it, but Omegle was a platform where you'd be matched with someone on your, uh, you would be on your webcam, they would be on their webcam, and it, was, it would be totally random. More often than not, that person was cranking their hog, 
regardless of who was on the other end of that chat. Yeah, this the, the whole concept, it's like perfectly designed specifically to uh, for a certain fetish. Yes. <laughs> you could see how that would be horrifically bad for the site's users, many of them being young. Now, all the way here in 2023, Omegle is finally shutting down after not being able to figure out any good reason to stick around, considering it was always going to be used for abuse. I feel like with AI, they could have done like a some sort of dick detector. That, that, there was a website that tried to do that years ago. It, I don't know if it was Omegle or not, but someone tried to do that, where it was like it would recognize that a penis was yeah, on screen. Yeah, we definitely have that technology. Uh, Apple has that now in iMessage. So it'll blur dick photos unless you, you have to like unblur it and be like, oh. no, I actually accept this. No, I was I was waiting for that dick pic. Yeah, it, it's like I think it's all explicit stuff. So I think boobs and uh, vagine. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, it, it'll... It, Apparently there's a feature where you can have it all blurred. I wonder if it's possible to like trick it just by like scrunching up like some skin and just taking like a picture of that. Yeah, what is it like they like if you do your armpit right here? Looks like a fanny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to Omegle here is Wired. Omegle, the video and text chat site that paired strangers together to talk, ultimately shut down as part of a legal mediation with a female user who sued the company, claiming its defective and negligent design enabled her to be sexually abused through the site. Omegle's chatting service was shut down Wednesday, just a week after it settled a court case with a plaintiff identified as AM. The founder of Omegle, uh, Leif K. Brooks, issued a statement that was bizarre and deflective, saying in part, virtually every tool can be used for good or for evil, and that is especially true of communication tools due to their innate flexibility. The telephone can be used to wish your grandmother happy birthday, but it can also be used to call in a bomb threat. There can be no honest accounting of Omegle without acknowledging that some people misused it, including to commit unspeakably heinous crimes. <laughs> I mean... It's, it just happens. You could have been matched with a cute little old grandma who was just looking for someone to wish them happy birthday. Or... Yeah. Or you could be matched with a filthy old man who has his hog out and cranking it at full speed. Who's to say? So K. Brooks' note, it did not mention the, the settlement in his statement, but he, he blamed the closure of Omegle on unspecified attacks against communication services. Okay. And Wired adds, there's a flaw in K. Brooks' argument. The telephone doesn't connect children and teens directly to sexual predators with the click of a button. By now we've covered uh, that important but depressing news. Let's check in on people who like playing porno video games, but are also self-conscious about their friends knowing that they are probably jerking off to video games right now. Kotaku is reporting that Steam will be allowing users to hide the porn games that they play from their public feeds. Cowards. That's what I say. You have to- Own that shit. When someone looks at your profile and you have 200 hours logged on some yeah. hentai game, that is basically looking in, not breaking eye contact and saying, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. The public Steam profiles, it's one of the last remaining ways to objectively evaluate someone's character. Yeah. And they're taking that away from us. Uh-huh. Now you'll never know how many hours your closest friends are spending in their goon caves. It's another relic of the internet going away. I mean, when you put it like that, I'm, I'm good with not knowing. Yeah. Hey, what should be up to? No, I'm kidding. He <laughs> should be doesn't do that. Uh, here's their article with more on this upcoming feature. The new feature was first spotted and shared by SteamDB creator Pavel Jundik on X, formerly Twitter. God. 
According to Jundik, the new privacy option will go beyond Steam's current privacy settings, which let you mark achievements and various gameplay screenshots as private by allowing you to mark a game as private. So not even your closest Steam friends will know you've got it tucked away in your ever-expanding game library. What? What? I got it on one of those sales. It was only a dollar and it looked really cool. I, I swear. I, well, yeah, of course I had to put 30 hours into it. I read everywhere online that the, you know, the game doesn't really open up until the 30 hour mark. So no, I wasn't jacking off. No, I, I was playing it for the story. And now nobody's the wiser. Wait, the story? You were playing Strip Solitaire for 48 hours for the story? Want to see what happened. <laughs> here's a screenshot demonstrating how the new private feature works. And yes, here's the screenshot they shared, and that shows the ability to mark each specific game as private. This is bullshit. No, you, you know can't this, trust anyone anymore. You know what this is good for? This is good for uh, like um, people who are embarrassed to play the Harry Potter game because they're uh, technically funding yeah. uh, a turf. So they're like, just mark that as private. Or anyone that plays Destiny 2 now yeah. after the catastrophic decimation of their uh, internal staff. They fired a bunch of people oh. recently. Well, um, so there you go. I have nothing in my library to be embarrassed about. Yes, you do. You have 5,000 hours logged on Civ 5. Yeah. Yeah. You could have been using it's, that time it's to not 5, run it, for president. It's like 1,100. Calm down. <laughs> Honestly, that's better training to be a politician than any school. No, it's not. It's not. Anyone who says that is, is they're pulling your leg. Well. It's like how, like, people who are like, oh, wow, you play, like, uh, fucking Hearts of Iron and... Mm -hmm. uh, World well, of Tanks? Like, oh, you must know... And, no. No, it, well, does, it does not remember, make you smarter. As you'll remember, those freaks who play those war games nonstop were like actually leaking, you know, real military no. plans. And well, stuff you like got that. it backwards. They were just military freaks who also played a military yeah. game. Sure. And got really obsessed with it to the point that they uh, violated the terms of their <laughs> clearance. Yeah. Anyways. Let's now round out the rest of the episode with some entertainment news. Woo! Hollywood. How's Hollywood doing? Well, it's it's back, baby. Hollywood's back. Yeah. And yeah, first up is the end of the actor's strike and a look inside the deal to see what concessions were made on behalf of the studios. Here's CBS News with more on what is included in the deal. And once again, noting nothing is, is set in stone until it's voted on by all the members, but all signs point to this being approved by the board. Once that happens, more details will emerge, but here you go. In a letter to members, SAG-AFTRA said the deal includes above-pattern minimum compensation increases, unprecedented provisions for consent and compensation that will protect members from the threat of AI, and for the first time establishes a streaming participation bonus. Uh, the union also said it had secured increases to its pension and health caps and outsized compensation increases for background performers. The AMPTP said in a statement that Wednesday's deal represents a new paradigm that gives SAG-AFTRA the biggest contract-on-contract -contract gains in the history of the union, including the largest increase in minimum wages in the last 40 years, a brand new residual for streaming programs, extensive consent and compensation protections in the use of artificial intelligence, and sizable contract increases on items across the board. Yeah, sounds, sounds pretty good. And let, the, I mean... Let this and the WGA strike be a lesson. The studios, they're bluffing. They're yeah. always just fucking bluffing. Uh, so is 
pretty much every other company. Yeah, you can extend that to any like the labor UPS strike, UAW. Yeah. In every single one of the strikes this summer, like it, up until the last minute, it was just like, oh, we these workers much. are so Sorry. entitled. Like so, and then there's like, fine, fuck. Here's everything you asked for. Mm-hmm. It turns out we do actually need you. Turns out that your labor actually is responsible for all of our profits. Fuck, fuck, <sighs> damn it. Still, the studios are out there making the dumbest decisions anyone has ever seen. That hasn't changed. No, uh, yep. And we are specifically talking about David Zaslav. Almost any time we reference dumb studio decisions, at least in Does the past couple years. this guy have like a blackmail folder on just everyone? Uh, I have no idea. I cannot like, understand the business decisions that this guy has made. Like, I, it, it sounds like he actively hates entertainment. It would make sense if he was like good at making money. But from what we can tell, they're losing money like crazy. Yeah. They're bleeding money. So why? I mean, why he, this man? Why he this was, guy? He was responsible uh, for the pivot in the Discovery Channel and opening up Discovery Networks to be just like, hey, you know how we used to have like, it was only like documentaries and Mythbusters on here? Well, now we're going to give you everything you've been looking for, like popping pimples, yeah. uh, fat people doing things. Uh, That's my favorite show, fat people doing things. Uh, <laughs> uh, t- uh, people who have 10 kids, Yeah. Uh, you know, all that stuff. And then yada, yada, yada becomes in charge of Warner Brothers somehow. Huh. Yeah. So anyways, I, since taking over, I, I was never paying attention to him at Discovery. I, was, I had not watched that channel for a, a, quite a while. But uh, now he's in control of like a large portion of the entertainment industry and seems to be doing terrible things with it. Yeah, I, I believe the biggest studio is yeah. bigger than Disney, right? I don't know, man. They're all up there. Universal's huge too. Uh, yeah, I don't think Universal comes. Well, I think close, yeah, if though. you count the fact that they did take over all of the Discovery networks, I, I guess. Yeah. But anyways, Zaslav's latest rake step. Throwing, he, he fucking did it again, guys. Yeah. Throwing away a Looney Tunes movie starring John Cena. You're not going to be hearing that music because they threw it away. And that's a movie that was already finished and testing very highly with screening audiences. Here's The Hollywood Reporter. A little over a year after the shelving of Batgirl sent shockwaves through Hollywood, Warner Brothers is putting another of its films in the studio vault. Warner's no longer plans to release Coyote vs. Acme, a live-action CG animation hybrid that completed principal photography last year in New Mexico. For three years, I was lucky enough to make a movie about Wile E. Coyote, the most persistent, passionate, and resilient character of all time, (laughs) filmmaker Dave Green wrote on X after the story initially published. I was surrounded by a brilliant team who poured their souls into this project. Along the ride, we were embraced by test audiences who rewarded us with fantastic scores. This is like... This pisses me off in multiple ways. I mean, just on the surface level, this is a fucked up thing to do to people that worked on a movie that yep. is apparently good. But secondly, the the fucking Looney Tunes get no respect. They have been squandered for like, so long. They built this fucking company. Yeah. And what do they get in return? Nothing. There was a quote from Zaslav in the latest earning things where he's just like, we just can't crack the code on children's programming. You, you, uh, you own the Looney Tunes. Not only do they own, they also own the entire- Tiny Tunes. They, they own the, the entire Hanna-Barbera back yeah. catalog too. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You have so much IP. You own Doing the fucking Flintstones. Absolutely and nothing. And the Jetsons. Nothing. But yeah, Doing like- nothing with it. Looney Tunes, like, I feel like when we were children, that shit was always on TV and like, 
it just all it it was very formative for me. And like it's just crazy that we're like the last generation that got something that good. They got that. Like, yeah. do kids even know what the fucking Looney Tunes are anymore? They did a revival uh, somewhat recently, and I watched. I believe. Other than like Space Jam. Well, not that. But they did an actual animation show revival and it was good. And there's new Tiny Toons coming out or have come out. But it's like... That's not the same. Yeah, putting John Cena on the screen with Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner seems... And looks like, apparently, according to test audiences, seems like a slam dunk. Yeah, I saw multiple like film... It couldn't be any worse than Space Jam 2. Multiple film reviewer people on Twitter being like, I got to see this at a... Film, uh, some sort of event like six months ago. I was like, this is amazing. Can't wait till this comes out. Like, everyone's going to love this. <laughs> Just like, what? Like, baffling. Yeah. Anyway, the article continues. The feature, which sources believe costs around $72 million to make, had key Warner's talent involved in front of the camera and behind the scenes. It stars John Cena, dun, 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 dun. who starred in Max's popular DC show Peacemaker and who is due to return for the second season. And DC Studios co-head James Gunn produced the feature and worked on the story. Warner's is intent on staying in business with filmmaker Green and is developing a project at sister movie arm New Line Cinema. Quote, with the relaunch of Warner Brothers Pictures Animation in June, the studio has shifted its global strategy to focus on theatrical releases, a WB motion picture group spokesperson said in a statement. With this new direction, we have made the difficult decision not to move forward with Coyote vs. Acme. We have tremendous respect for the filmmakers, cast, and crew, and are grateful for their contributions to the film. I'm going to blow your fucking mind right now, but, uh, so, theatrical movies and streaming movies, they're kind of the same fucking thing. You can take a movie that you were originally planning to put on streaming, and you can put that in a movie theater. In or fact, vice versa. Netflix all, all, already does this shit around award season. Yeah, or do both uh, at the same time. Uh, guess what just happened just a week and a half, two weeks ago? Five Nights at Freddy's came out in theaters and on Peacock at the exact same time, and it did $120 million opening weekend just for the the theatrical release. You fucking morons. I just wish we had a theatrical movie. I haven't had Max since the How To With John Wilson ended, and I haven't missed it. I've been watching my my, uh, Last Week Tonight on YouTube. I haven't been able to see all of it, but... uh, They put the good stuff up. Yeah, it's just... it. It frustrates me very much to see a company that I not only worked for at one point, <laughs> yeah, it's true. but actually like loved all of the productions from, uh-huh. just fall off a fucking cliff. Not yeah. fall off, be driven off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh, just anyways. everything that's wrong with entertainment in one place. The best take that I saw uh, on this was from our old pal Lon Harris, who tweeted... If Warner Brothers genuinely can't make $30 million from a well-liked John Cena movie that co-stars the Looney Tunes, they should give up on movies and start selling Froyo or something. Lon's right. Yes. This is a fucking slam dunk. I don't know. We need the Animaniacs to bust this movie out of that vault. Yeah. Well, they're probably... I would I would venture to say that they might be hoping for, hoping for some kind of online marketing to be like, all right, fine. We're going to give you the movie that I everyone's been waiting. I think so because people kind of did that for Batgirl and it just had no effect. Yeah. They're like, "No, we're not. It's you no one will ever fucking see this." Well, this Sorry. is what's insane is the the 30 million that he's referencing is the tax write-off that they're getting for canning the movie. Great. Congrats. So that's what he's saying is like 
you're assuming that this movie with would John make Cena than would 30, make less yeah. than the money that you would get to write off. Yeah, like I just I I I mean I, yeah, it's been a whole year since the Batgirl thing and even in that whole time I've never seen anyone be able to even explain like the economics behind this to make it make sense. I'm like we all just assume that's what the reason is. There's like a, but like I haven't seen anyone be able to like actually break down how that would work. I must, or they wouldn't be doing it. I don't but know. I just don't understand. They haven't cracked the code, Elliot. There is movie movies are kind of a new thing. They've only been around for like 130 years. We just can't figure this out. <sighs> anyway, before we go, a quick shout out to one of our viewers, Cammy the Killer, who made some new fan art of us after we referenced body pillows on the last episode. Yeah. Um, been a while since we've seen some awesome new fan art, so we wanted to give a, a shout out and a thank you because. It looks super cool in this. We have looked very snuggly. This would look even cooler on a pillow. A double-sized body pillow. The biggest body pillow you've you, ever seen. You get to lay in between us, and then it folds over on you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know just the guy, a guy who's got a warehouse full of pillows that he can't sell. Oh! Mike? It's going to be called the us pillow. Let's make a, let's make a deal. I'll, I'm willing to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike Lindell. How's he doing? Probably, probably terrible. Yeah, probably. Probably terrible. been awake for like five days. I haven't been able to sleep since Halloween. Someone went to zombie Mike, and it's been bothering me ever since. His pillow was as hard as a rock. Anyways, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back with Weekly Weird News very soon, so don't go anywhere. Actually, you can do whatever you want. Watch it on your own time. <laughs> I'm not your dad. Yeah, uh, but in the meantime, make sure you hit that like button. Come on, hit it. Hit it. Can hey. we get... 12,000 likes. And make sure that bell is properly smashed. Smashed bell. And also subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, reply to a comment, welcome new viewers, and also give a warm, loving embrace to anyone that has the members yeah. uh, emote next to their name. Thank you so much for watching. We have two episodes up right here. One of the most fun tech news days. Uh, just a lot of he fun He just in that serves episode. it up on a silver platter yeah. sometimes. And then we have more coverage of the Trump trial from earlier in this week. Check out both of those videos over there, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.